Michael and Heifert present This Week in Horror. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Ifrit. And I'm Sickle, and we're Sickle and Ifrit. We're the Unhallowed Reviewers, and we are going to finally be getting to our top ten lists of 2020. Finally? It's January 14th. What do you want from there me? Were some, there were some people that posted theirs, like, still in 2020, which I think is is against the rules. I, I think that too. you have to finish out the year. Because, like, what if something like, comes I, out, like, on Christmas? Or, like... Something did come out, actually, like, on the 30th or something like that. I can't remember what movie it was. Yeah. But something came out. Screw those and, people. Yeah, those people missed it. Yeah. All right. I was, like, I was... I remember before watching it, I was like, I, I hope this is the best movie of the year. And all you losers that decided <laughs> to jump the gun... Like, oh, well, it would have had that, but it came out the 30. I mean, maybe it's just arbitrary, right? Like, they cut it off when they cut it off, and every year it's the same, so it is, like, the year. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're a unique <laughs> thing here, and you guys can listen to us if you want to. But let's get into it, because I think this is going to be a long one. So uh, we're just going to go from 10 to 1, and uh, my list is in an order that could be called a ranking. Uh, Ifrit's list is, or sorry, Sickle's <laughs> list is definitely in an order that's called a ranking. But we're going to start from 10 and go to 1. Uh, you want to start? You want me to start? Because we do at the same time. If uh, you have never heard us do a top ten before, we do tens at the same time, etc. Yeah, let's do this. Um, yeah, I'll start. Okay. I uh, my my ten was uh, mortuary collection. Um, as tends to happen with my um, horror or with my like top ten list of the year, it, it doesn't. I don't make it a requirement for a subgenre to make the list every year if there just simply isn't one that doesn't work but if there's you know like a little bit of wiggle room on like whether or not one will make it um i usually will try to get one in and so in this case uh, my anthology horror film of the year is the mortuary collection um which is going up against some pretty good ones from this year we had some really good anthologies yeah and you but don't have i thought this one was really creative because i have that way higher on my list so we can talk about it later too <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. um yeah so uh, yeah i guess i can just leave it at that i just thought it was really fun lots of great pa- practical effects good self-awareness it was a good one yeah it, there's and there's some other stuff we'll talk about later when i when i tell you guys how much i liked it uh that i think are really key to why i really enjoyed it <clears throat> but uh my number 10 and this might be higher on your list too so i won't take into it until you say so is his house um I wanted to put this on here because I specifically think it's a type of a subgenre slash type of horror that doesn't get enough love. And while I may not have understood it as much as other people may have, I think that it did a really good job of trying to freak me out and get me uncomfortable while also kind of like, uh, exemplifying the plight of a refugee. Yep. Yeah. And you are correct. That one's higher up on my list. Um, so yeah, we can just move on. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, my number nine is Spree. That's my number um, nine. No kidding? Oh, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so if you couldn't tell, we didn't tell each other what ours were beforehand. So, uh, Spree, <laughs> oh my gosh, you, you say what you have to say about Spree. Spree makes me excited uh, as a horror fan. Me too. I thought it did a really good job of um, commentary to, like, you know, our social our social media age um, and, like, how everybody wants to be an influencer and, like, everybody's trying to make it big online and it's like selling your soul for it and i know that's not like the whole point of it but like it also gives you this like idea or this like concept of like how do sociopaths navigate social media Mm -hmm. and like seeing the way that this serial killer essentially 
snaps and like <laughs> uses social right. media. Yeah. And then also, it was just an awesome take on the found footage genre, which we I don't think we've had a fresh take in a long time, and, and it was that, really good. Nicely enough, not a lot of it is shaky cam, which I thought was a pretty genius move on their part um, to mm-hmm. keep like the stationary cams in the car the whole time. Also, the commentary about technology, I think, was way more interesting and spree than it was like movies and, like Come Play and things like that that really had a heavy hand on like oh, we're exposing ourselves to too many screens, blah, blah, blah. And while I did like Come Play, and it's on our almost list, it's on my personal, um, like, honorable mentions almost list, I think Spree was the kind of, like, if I had to pick a movie last year that told a story about technology, did it the best. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was definitely, despite the fact that pretty much the entire movie is talking about social media and, like, showing you the douchebags that are involved on social media it didn't still didn't feel like it was in your face it still felt like it was just characters i don't feel like, like any just playing out this i can recall them reality. saying like oh well if you weren't on this you wouldn't have done this or like it's your fault for being on your phone too much like nobody really got that heavy-handed about it which made me more comfortable yeah 100 percent. all right well uh what is your number eight then my number eight was relic okay. um i love horror movies that ha- that are character studies or uh you know studies on on humanity um that use horror as a vehicle and i feel like relic was kind of like one of the best movies of the year that did that um i don't think it was the only one i think his house was also like that um but i loved like it's basically a haunted house movie which i'm usually not like a huge fan of like straight haunted house movies but um like it was like yeah haunted house movie that like parallels a dementia and alzheimer's um and like like the whole like real experience of that but like turned it on its head into this like haunted house story and i thought it was really interesting and really well filmed um and like a couple of scenes where i'm like i'm like i feel like i'm I'm watching a horror movie legitimately watching a horror movie but this is totally something that people with dementia probably deal with on a regular basis. Hmm. Like, the way that they conveyed it. And I just thought it was really well done. It's a good movie. Uh, so, like, that I never saw. I didn't, I purposely didn't watch Relic. Uh, what I had read and heard about it made me really not interested in it, and it kind of fell into two different genres of movies I would... Uh, two reasons, I, two main reasons I ignored it. One, because it, it pisses me off when movies share the same name as a short I really like. And also say they have not done any research and short, shared the same name as a movie that's already good. Like, I don't know. That frustrates me, right? Um, be unique when you name a movie. I know that there's billions of movies made or whatever, but I don't I don't know. Come on. Give me, throw me a bone here. Like, I don't want to have to try to Google search your movie 50 billion times. Anyway, the other one was because <laughs> it came out and it felt a lot like The Ascent. Um, so those movies are kind of similar and like, in my head because I saw the ascent and I was like, well, if the relics like that, I don't really care for it, you know? Um, so I didn't, I can tell you they are very different. Yeah. But like they're both (laughs) about that same topic and that topic doesn't really interest me, which I am admitting here. I closed myself off to it and that's just me. So get over it. (laughs) Not you. Everybody (laughs) else. Uh, all right. Uh, my number eight, uh, was triggered. So, I went into this, and I think we had talked about it on the podcast, Triggered. Is, is Triggered on your list anywhere at all before I go too deep? It is not. Okay. So nope. before we had, we had talked about Triggered at one point in passing. We saw a trailer for it. It looked kind of goofy. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. Like, 
triggered was my kind of like I don't think it was my like there might you might be the killer of this year, but it was definitely one of those movies that I sat down and watched and I was like, this was an awesome experience. Like I genuinely enjoyed what I saw. It was cheesy, it had good interesting, fun characters. There was kind of an interesting plot to it. There was a twist at the end. Um, it was cool to see the characters go through like the transformations they went through while they were going through the movie. The premise was kind of interesting, where like they're like basically have to kill each other to get more time on their chess pieces until one of them is left. I don't know. I, I really went into it thinking like, oh, this is just going to be kind of like another movie that I'm going to forget about. But I, I think I recommend that movie to people. I'm like, hey, you should go watch this Triggered movie if you're into kind of like horror action films because it's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did really enjoy that one. Um, it didn't make my top 10, but it was very entertaining. And there were quite a few scenes where I was laughing out loud. Yeah. Did That's... it not make your top 10 because it's in your almost or just it was just like what what about it wasn't there for you? Just not remarkable enough? Um, I probably don't. Um, I probably get too objective-y and uh, arthouse-y when it comes to like my top 10 list uh, usually. Okay. And my honorable mentions and stuff. And since that one is just like, as fun as it is, it's like the shallowest. Oh yeah. Like sure. horror, just goofball movie. It, it totally is one of those movies where, like, it's not that it, a movie like that couldn't make the list. It just didn't quite make it. And not even really my honorable mentions, but I was highly entertained by it. I thought it was a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to number sevens. What's your number seven? Sputnik. I went with Sputnik on this one. Um, it was the other Russian movie. Russian horror movie, sci-fi horror movie that I wanted to see. Uh, the other one, I definitely wanted to see more. But everybody was talking about Sputnik, was like the next Russian alien. And I was all excited because obviously I'm obsessed with Alien. And um, I am way, what I what I concluded was that I am way more upset and angry with everybody that said it was like Alien than I was at the movie for not being alien. Yeah, basically what you had said uh, made me think that you would not have had this movie on your top ten, so I'm interested, I'm very interested in the, what's coming next in your commentary. Well, I just, I, I feel like I, I'm I'm putting the blame where it should go, and it should not be on the movie. It should be on everybody who spread the news and or the rumor or whatever that it was like Alien. And when it's its own movie. It's its own standalone sci-fi horror movie. And it's good. It, yeah, yeah, and it was good. Like it's it's well done. It's just that like what sucks is that at the end of the day, I was at, when the credits roll, I'm disappointed because I wanted Alien because they told me it was because everybody said it's Alien, but it's not at all. So wait, <laughs> and so it like doesn't really explain me... why it's on your top ten. All this is explaining why you're like recanting what you said earlier about it. But why is it in your top ten? Um, so it's in my top 10 because it's actually a good movie. Like, it's a good story. The characters are interesting. Um, it's got fun alien stuff in it, which I enjoy. And so, like, it's got, it's it hits all the right notes. It just was nothing like Alien. And so I just felt like it was unfair to hold it against it. Yeah, sure, sure. That I get that part. Everybody I just else wanna, said it was yeah, going to be like It's this. on your top 10 because it's a pretty good sci-fi movie on its own standing. And, yeah, okay. yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I yeah. actually and I feel like it was it was an interesting original story on its yeah. own. I actually didn't watch this because I was concerned about the whole alien comparison, and you you had made it seem like that was a big reason not to watch it. So I skipped it in my mega movie marathon thing. But I'll have to go back and check it out. I think it's worth it if you can get through subtitles. I have learned to do that better. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my number seven is anything for Jackson. Um, 
super sleeper. Like I saw the, the preview for this movie, movie and uh, I was like, what? Maybe. And then Sickle's like, you should watch this movie. And I think another person said it too. And I watched it and I was like, what on earth is this? I haven't actually jumped at a movie or like kind of auditorily reacted to a horror scene in a while. But there's a scene in Anything for Jackson with the snowblower that I was like, just, it just, it basically just took its big old pimp hand and slapped me in the face. And I was like, what? What just happened? Uh, but Anything for Jackson is a really cool movie about reverse possession, is really all I'm going to say. And uh, if you think that that sounds interesting and you like movies that we both like, you should watch Anything for Jackson. Um, I assume it's a little bit higher on your list. I would imagine it's it is much almost. higher. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I won't talk about it too much, but it's great. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I, I believe Tyler... Was our other friend that our buddy uh, that, our friend that uh, brought that up? Sometimes accompanies um, accompanies us in the moral realm to uh, sickle or uh, <laughs> Telluride Horror Show. All right, what's your number six? Yeah, uh, my number six is his house. Um, and uh, since we've already, I've already mentioned it. You've already mentioned it. Um, it was it was just a great movie. Um, kind of going through the human condition, uh, putting some commentary on uh, refugees um, and uh, the horrors that they go through. Uh, you know, before, during, and after um, their process, and uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the horror elements, like, there's some like legit freaky scenes in, in that movie, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, some pretty, like, um, stuff that makes you think. Um, like, I believe Ifrit uh, told me that, like, you know, he's he, like, looked some stuff up afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah You know, on how that refugee stuff works. And it was, so I thought, like, you know, that's exactly what... Um, it's not what I expect every horror movie to do, but when a horror movie does it, I like really respect it. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, cool, I got to enjoy a really good horror movie, but oh, now I'm really thinking about this thing that it's really teaching. And me. I also and, learned things. And I also learned things. So yeah, yeah, his right. house. Well, my number six is Spell. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, my, my number six is Spell. Uh, I I really don't know what I was expecting when I kind of went into this movie. I knew that it was kind of like a uh, hoodoo voodoo style misery movie but it blew me away like with what it was and maybe I just haven't seen misery in a long time but I thought that spell <laughs> was a perfect mix of like just kind of visceral horror and magic based horror and I love hoodoo voodoo stuff when it comes to horror uh, so it was just right right there right up my alley I thought it was a really good movie um, and I'm glad that I got to see it this year yeah, I, I did. I, I definitely liked that one, and it does. It, like, it definitely has some misery vibes. Like having watched it, um, but way more fun, like supernatural stuff to it. Yeah, and did you, so is this one not, not on your top ten at all? It is not. Okay. No. All right. Well, we're in the top five now, the danger zone, if you will. Uh, let's get going to top five. So, uh, what is your number five sickle? Oh man, these are going to get really controversial between <laughs> you and me. Probably, because uh, I imagine most of these gonna... are uh, either ones we've already mentioned or not on each other's lists. Yep. Except I think that there are two more on my list that you're gonna be like, that are on yours, and three more, and the other three you're gonna be like, "What is your problem?" <laughs> uh, Possessor is my number five. Really? Um, yes. Huh. Um, I I really enjoyed uh, Brandon Cronenberg's um, entry, and I th- I think that uh, he's heading in good directions. I like. The, the dark horror sci-fi elements, the psychological thriller, or the psychological, like, uh, visuals and, 
and stuff. I, I, I did enjoy it a lot, and I think it's one of those movies that, um, I don't know. It just, it, it really hit me and made me think about it a lot afterwards, I guess. Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Possessor, but um, it didn't make any of my lists, but I, I understand why it would make other people's lists. Yeah. All right. Uh, you good for me to do my number five? Yeah, do it. Okay. So my number five is underwater. Um, it, it was like probably one of the very few last movies I saw um, in before everything shut down, I think. Not the very last one, but one of them. And uh, yeah, I mean... Underwater was kind of like one of those movies that didn't do too well at first, I think. And then like people started seeing it and they're like, whoa, this movie's actually like kind of cool. And I'm all about Lovecraft stuff anyway. So like if it's got Lovecraft in it, I'm going to like it. And Underwater has a kind of a cool Lovecraft twist in it. Uh, also, it was just kind of a really exciting like horror adventure movie. And uh, those we don't get near enough nowadays. They just keep reshowing Alien in theaters over and over again. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. I'm one for two. One for two. What do you mean one for two? Because I, I had a feeling that that because I said there were two of the three of our our top five we were going to have the same. Okay, so you have underwater so, in your top five, just higher. I do. I have, yep. a, I have a different movie higher that I think will, you'll make more sense to you when I when you hear it. Um, but it's probably also one you have on your list. I think so. What's your number four, <laughs> Sickle? Oh boy, this is going to be the bad one. Oh, you'll be fine. It's <laughs> uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow is my number four. Yep. Yeah, that's um, not a good one. <laughs> I can't um, believe that's I in your really, top four. Uh, <laughs> see, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought that um, I really liked the unique style of it and the originality of it. What? And I can see as I can see that like it's not something that everybody, uh, including Ifrit, um, is going to feel the same way about it. Um, like I get it. Like we've, I, I we've totally already get argued why about this enough people would podcasts, hate it. We don't need to talk about it in our top five list. I'll, I'll let you have this one and not intersperse my opinion on this movie. We'll talk about it on the bad list. <laughs> but continue your thought. I'm, I'm just saying you don't have to defend it to me. You should tell people why you like it. I just really, I, I really liked the style of it. Um, I know that it's kind of got like this goofy, weird style to it, but for some reason, it just, it, you know, it's, it struck the right notes with me. I don't know. I can't really explain it, um, but I just remember I felt really entertained by it. I also felt, like, involved with the characters, and um, and I really liked the story. So, I, I just, overall, I just thought it was a really fun movie, um, a really good movie, and I, but I do believe no, that it is not for everybody. That. Hashtag no comment. No, I definitely, I feel that way for, like, other people. Like, I can watch a movie and be like... I'm really enjoying this, and most people will hate it. And I do kind of feel that way about Wolf, Wolf of Snow Hollow, but it made my list anyways. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not going to rehash what I said on our previous podcast about why I hated that movie. Um, and I will actively tell people not to see it, but yeah, let's move on. Number four. My number four is Freaky. Uh, I, I thought this was... Um, I think every year there should be a super-duper really good horror comedy movie that comes out. And not necessarily things like... Um, like, I love Extraordinary, but it's kind of one of those, like, um, it's like a wonky horror comedy. Like, 
you really have to be kind of weird to really like extraordinary, you know? Like you have to be kind of already a little bit weird. And you're like, oh, I like Irish supernatural horror comedy movies, <laughs> right? Like this one <laughs> I feel like is a little more accessible to people, kind of like a Happy Death Day was, you know? Um, Same people, wasn't it? What? Uh, maybe. I, I, I'm never good at remembering that. But A, seeing Vince Vaughn act like... Uh, so, like, basically this movie is like uh, Hot Girl Freaky Friday. meets Freaky Friday meets, um, like, a slasher movie. And everything about that is done perfectly. Um, there's no aspect of that film that I thought was unnecessary. And I think that it's, like, my top horror comedy of the year. Like, uh, it... I really like the cast too. All the people in it are really well casted. Um, the story is pretty predictable, but like it's a horror movie about a slasher and it's based on Freaky Friday. Like, what do you want? Like, it's not directed by Christopher Nolan. I'm sorry, but um, like, I gotta throw those Christopher Nolan digs in there when I can. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It, it's really fun. It, I I think that again, like if we're talking about people who really thought that their top in their top three movies of the year, like really like Possessor or really like things like like His House. May not have Freaky in their top five, um, unless they're open to that kind of, like, you know, open vision window of, like, having a kind of object, not objective view, but, like, not just only liking a certain type of movie. Um, but it, I thought it was great. Uh, it was very entertaining, and I don't know. I, I, I just genuinely had a good time. I had a more better time than I had with Triggered watching this movie, so, I don't know. It was great. Check it out if you can. Awesome. All right. What's your... Um... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, my number three is Underwater. Um, and I think that you covered it really well. Um, fun sci-fi uh, horror adventure. I, I thought it was great. Um, I remember walking out being really entertained and satisfied. And yeah, it, it's. I think it says a lot for it to uh, for it to have come out so early in 2020 and for it to still have made the list. I think that says a lot. Yeah. Um, for it to, you know, it aged. It lasted, yeah, it lasted <laughs> in my memory well. And, and I have to say this: the it, I know this is a really weird compliment to give a movie, but the suit design and, and build is so stinking amazing in that movie. Yeah. Like it's so good, it, and it deserves mention every time we talk about all, it. Actually, because personally, I feel like this movie and another movie in my top three did really cool sci-fi design stuff. And I think that that is a subtle part of a good sci-fi horror movie that sometimes gets overlooked and is a really big deal when it comes to something that's going to be like a, a top 10, top five movie, right? Uh, and Underwater yeah. wrecked it. Like, they did such a good job with everything. Every set, every piece was just on point. If anybody ever comes out with a StarCraft movie, they need to just steal the suits <laughs> yeah. from that set and use them yeah. for Terrans. So, yeah. anyways... And yeah, underwater. Uh, so, uh, what is this? Let's see. Um, f- four of my top five, I showed two people during this year again after I watched it originally, and underwater was the first on my list out of those. And my number three, if you're, are we finished with your number three? Yeah. My yeah. number three is Color Out of Space. Um, and Color Out of Space oh. for me is like the quintessential Lovecraft movie. Um, and I, I know it's just taking a story that was done. Um, already and putting it into movie form but that's what I want to happen more with Lovecraft movies because that's the one effing thing they keep doing wrong is like well it's just based on this Lovecraft story I'm like no like 
take it and make it into something awesome. But like that lore is the coolest part. Like, you know, and movies like, like I had castle freak on, on, on a list and it was on my, like my bad list, but I took it on my bad list because the end makes the majority of the movie worth it. So it's not bad. And I really like the end. Um, but that movie did a decent job of incorporating Lovecraft lore, but like color out of space. And if, we get more movies from that universe, you know, like if we can get that, the studio, I cannot remember any of the people involved in it, but the studio to make more of these movies, like <laughs> I, I will like that more than the MCU. And I'm saying that because I'm a freak. I know. But if there was like a Lovecraft CU, I would, I'd be like a child. I'd be a child and it would not, I would, I would, you could do no wrong almost, you know, like it would be so fun. Um, but yeah, color out of space is my number three. And that's the one that, the other Lovecraft one that beat the the underwater on the list. More Lovecraft, more Lovecraft like that. <laughs> yeah. Did that one not make um, your list at all? It did not, but I think that's because I had it down as 2019. But maybe I I oh, put it down. Yeah, COVID. maybe I was wrong too. But if it wasn't 2020, then I'm very sorry. And uh, you know. Well, I've I've um I've I've always put that disclaimer, and we should put that disclaimer on our podcast too. That like we see movies out of order in some ways. Like we'll see movies that a lot of people won't see till 2021 because of our festival stuff. Yeah. And we'll see a lot of movies that were in festivals in 2019. We'll see when they're generally, generally released in 2020. So I feel like there's some overlap there and some gray area and color out of space definitely falls. I, I think I'm taking the color so. out of space, like streaming release date because it did show in theaters, I think before 2020, but I think it was such a limited release. I'm not considering it that release. And you're right. Um, I wouldn't hold us to a, a drop dead date line here. Meaning like, like his again, this is our favorite movies from festivals we've been to and things we've experienced this year as a qualifier, you know? Um, so get wrecked if you don't like it. I mean, sorry. I don't know what you want. All right. Number two. Uh, my number two was anything for Jackson. Um, I thought that movie was amazing. Um, I thought it was way different than anything that I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, from like the opening scene, you're like, just that single shot in the kitchen um, that just sits there and, like, has this couple just kind of, like, you know, this older couple just kind of, like, lovingly bantering with each other. And then suddenly they're <laughs> dragging a woman through the kitchen. You're like, what, You're like, what is happening? <laughs> and, yeah. And then, like, it cuts to the, to the, to the, uh, to the grandmother reading her explanation for why they kidnapped this girl to the girl. Like, she's reading it off a piece of paper. So you're like, sweet, I have the whole synopsis right here in a really f interesting way because this, like, lady is, like, reading it out to her. And, like, and then the whole thing just kind of, like, you know, we get a little bit of that time jump where we're, like, seeing the couple, like, interacting with their cult group. And then you get the whole possession thing. And, like, it's, it, I don't know. And, the like, storytelling, I, I, you're like right, you said, it, point. Like, it's, it's so it's unpredictable, too. It's so unpredictable. You'll just be in a scene and you just, like, after the first couple times, you're like, okay, I have no idea what to expect the rest of this movie. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Something could just jump out and happen. And, and that thing that jumps out and happen could either scare me or make me laugh. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it literally is across the, the entire spectrum. The other part, too, that I thought was kind of interesting was the escalation <laughs> of that movie. Because uh, I've really enjoyed movies this year that didn't really start slow. Like movies that were just going like and i think that's an underrated quality 
that that's one of the reasons I come play was like almost one of my top tens is because it just starts like come play is like Z if Z actually wanted to be a good movie and like movies that just <laughs> get started are movies that you know are going to get to a point where you're like what on earth is going on here for good or for for better or for worse you know but that Jackson is a really good point for better. <laughs> Yeah, that is a really good point. Like, movies that, like, because I, I, I tend to give, like, kudos to movies that can keep my attention even if they're slow. But I think it's even, I think it's even bigger kudos for a movie that starts right away with, like, the action and stuff, but still keeps the story and characters going. Like, yeah. that, I feel, I feel like that's even more impressive. For, like, oh, no, we don't need to slow down. We'll give you everything right from the beginning and keep the pace up and still give you a really good story and characters. And I feel like anything for Jackson does a, an amazing job of that. Yeah. I'm actually kind of remiss for putting it so much lower on my list. I just think there's too much stuff. I really like this year that came out first and was in my brain, but I, it was cool. I'm going to show it to people for sure. I can handle it. So good. <laughs> uh, my number two is the mortuary collection. And one of the reasons that I put this movie really high was because I think it was the most well done anthology film I have seen in years. Like, uh, the through the, the interconnecting story, it was very, very well done. I, <laughs> one of my favorite shorts is The Babysitter Murders, and that was from like Tell Your Ride Horror Show years and years and years ago. And they put that in the movie. And the way that that A, that, that short's really good, I thought. It has a good twist in it, right? For a short. B, there's characters in that short, and I can't tell if they extrapolated the short out or if it was just built in that universe beforehand that are part of that universe of Raven's End where the interconnecting story takes place, right? And you see multiple characters throughout multiple shorts, and the amount of coordination to get all those things together and tell the story told and have good shorts, it blows my mind. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it's such a feat to have something so well connected and done that it builds its own universe in one single film. And and you could say, like, you could set a D&D campaign in Raven's End if you wanted to, like, right now, based off of the things that are given to you from that movie. And uh, the shorts alone are just great. Like, they may not be, like, groundbreakingly amazing, but I think they were all very interesting and they were unique. Um, I have a new perspective on that because I've been watching a lot of old tales from the crypt, stuff I've never seen before. And a lot of those are just super interesting and unique. And so I'm going to give a lot more merit going forward to things that are just like kind of off the wall. And the second short in the Mortuary Collection is off the wall. It's about like college kids and and promiscuity. And you're like, <laughs> what is happening in this? And then it happens and you're like, oh my God. Like, okay. That short is so, so good. So yeah, sorry, I'll stop ranting. But that, that I thought, I mean, it was, it was just, just barely that it didn't make my top one because... It was an anthology, and I feel like giving, and I might have done this in the past, but this year I feel like giving the top one to a, a, an anthology film isn't fair based off of what else came out this year. Yeah. Um, all right, number one, um, I have a feeling we have the same one. Yeah, I bet we do too. Yep. Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we, yeah, we've that already was... gushed about this movie a lot, so I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time on it, but we can, because I will. And... It pretty much, and everybody has. I feel like it. You know, it's it's not, um, it's not going to blow anybody's mind to see that one number one on on some on some uh, horror list for twenty twenty. That movie was amazing for so many reasons. The story was great. The acting was great. The characters were great. 
the uh, use of horror, the horror vehicle to like convey, um, uh, you know, uh, domestic violence and the the trauma that comes along with that uh, was really clever. It was a really clever way to uh, to take the old Invisible Man um, mythology uh, from the old films and and like just like redo it in this really style stylish way and like the the suit like the tech the tech design all of it was so good um it, it's such a good movie it, like the sound design like everything the way that it was balanced the, the way that everything was balanced on top of itself uh the the cinematography and the sound design with the acting it, every scene was just like yeah, it just felt say, like it was so perfectly executed this is one of those movies we like we can set as a standard for cinematography for both of us like it's like a rosetta stone for each other because and it's actually i've seen this with other people watching it too when you have like a panning shot around a room and it's slowly going while someone's doing something and you can tell where someone would like be standing if they were being creepy in an invisible suit like and it still (laughs) builds tension that's good that's a good shot it's well done it's something that you don't get in every movie because not every movie can facilitate that with the story it's telling but like I think the way that they did it creatively was just on point and you can't like I don't know it's, it plays into that fear that you always have like if you feel like you know goosebumps in the back of your neck or something is there someone in the room like there could be now like <laughs> you know and on top yeah. of what you were all saying too that that's why I was talking about with the technology and underwater too this uh, this movie did had really cool sci-fi tech in it like and I thought that that was a really interesting way to take the Invisible Man stuff because it makes sense. Like, there's already technology. And if you wanted it to be more down to earth and, like, you know, um, not break immersion so much because it's super ma- supernatural or whatever, like, it does a really good job of making it pretty much plausible that this could actually happen. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was oh, so good. And I, I kept saying sound design over and over again. The sound design is really good, but the score also. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to differentiate that, but it, oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. I, and not a surprise at all yeah. that it would be on, be number one on both our lists. That's amazing. <laughs> I think this is the first year we both had the same number one. I think so. Yeah. I, although Daniel isn't real, I think it was close. I think it was one, two. It was one you. of those ones I didn't like, see till after, I think. Uh, but I said it would have been had I seen it that year. Yeah. So, so good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our top ten list. There's three movies I did want to mention real quick. We're not going to talk about these too much, but these were what uh, I and Sickle also agreed, called The Inaccessible. These are movies that we didn't get to see but could have potentially made our top ten. Were they, you know, were we able to see them? Uh, one of them is Psycho Gorman, um, a movie we talked about way beginning of the year uh, about an alien that gets, like, kind of taken over by some kids and then it has to defend them from an alien invasion. Um, the Super Deep, which is basically the movie that Sickle and I are waiting the most for because it's about the, I'm not going to get the name right. It's about a super deep drill in Russia that uncovers something that's similar. And a lot of people, even us think it's going to be like a new age kind of like thing, like an actual one, not just one that says it is. Um, and then Synchronic was the last one with, uh, uh, that by the directors of the endless. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be their biggest budget, so very excited for that one. And that one uh, actually just got a release, a streaming release, and, so we'll yeah. be reviewing that one shortly. And all of these movies are getting released or getting released very shortly, but it's just during 2020 they were inaccessible. But they were supposed to have come yep. out in 2020, um, so unfortunately they'll probably either be on our next year's list or they'll suck. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately we can't, we're can't. we not able to do this for a living, so 
we uh, don't get to catch every festival ever, so we we miss a couple. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, <laughs> every single festival was in October at the same time this year, so anyway. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the top 10. Let us know what you guys thought about it, and uh, see you next time. See ya.